The gospel reading today returns us back to Luke. Um, For those of you who might be like, well, this bulletin doesn't look like one I would usually look at. Um, What's kind of neat about this is it will show you all of the three days that we have worshipped here, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday together. And so uh, you can take a look, and and there's commentary there, so you can learn a little bit more about Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. And if you notice, we spent those days in John, hearing John's telling of this story, but now we go back to Luke and hear what Luke has to tell us about what happened. This is from chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed by this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words. And returning to the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and all and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and all the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this day, this beautiful Easter Sunday, when we gather together, is part of our pilgrimage too here in 2019. Our story isn't so far off of the women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary mother of James, and the other women. It's not so much different than them. We get together. It's part of the rhythm of our lives. We like to come here to Easter. We enjoy this service. We like to have some breakfast together, which was delicious, by the way. We like to see the lilies. It smells beautiful up here this morning. It doesn't usually, I mean, I'm not saying it smells bad up here (laughs) on any Sunday, but today it smells especially good up here while I'm preaching. Spring-like. And we love the music, wait until you hear the anthem later. Really good. All the things that happen around Easter are so good and so meaningful and so beautiful that we may make special efforts on this day to make sure to celebrate our risen Savior. We honor the legacy of church in our lives. But I don't think we typically expect 
the miraculous here. And even what is proposed on this day, the story that we heard, it's a little bit more than miraculous. It's a little bit more than just like, we're going to get 15 guys together and cook a lot of breakfast. That feels miraculous to me. Um, This is life overcoming death. This is someone dying and three days later coming back to life. Somebody is dead and they will rise again. That's not just miraculous, that sounds ridiculous. When was the last time any of you saw that happen recently? I have not heard any of those stories in the newspaper. No one has sent me a Facebook message that said, you know what, your sermon was good last week because I heard somebody died and they came back to life, so something must have happened. I've never had that opportunity. This story of life overcoming death is not one we see. And so we're thankful for the idea. We like to know that somewhere in the annals of our history, the stuff that we've listened to, we hear this story, and so we tuck it away, and on this day, we make sure that we come back and hear it again. But really, really, this happening sounds a little far-fetched. But what happens when the familiar, the I've never seen life come out of death, changes just for a moment like this text today? The women hear the words from the, from the folks in the dazzling colors, in the dazzling clothes, and they have an experience And it's all unexpected. If I were going to go tend the gravesite of somebody I loved and I brought flowers and I made sure to move the leaves and everything that falls during the time that passed and all of a sudden somebody in some bright outfit told me, why are you looking here? My first thought, because I don't expect it, is not, oh, this person has come back from the dead. I'm thinking, why are you in a sequined suit in the middle of a graveyard? This makes no sense. So I think we can give the folks a break because their first instinct was not the thing that was promised to them, but instead confusion. No, I didn't remember that Jesus said he was coming back. It's weird that you're standing here by his grave and shining. And so our response might be to stick to what we know, what we've witnessed in the past. 
We stick to our legacies. We go through the same things over and over again, week after week, month after month, year after year. We come hear this story. We come hear the other stories. And we know that they're good and we know that they exist and that's great. But it's hard to think that there might be something different here. It seems a little confusing. seems a little complicated. And that's all right. We'll make it through. And here's the thing, this part isn't even unfamiliar or unappreciated in our text today. This message, according to the apostles, seemed like idle tales. And the Greek phrase here is translated more than just idle tales, but it describes things like nonsense or garbage or someone who is talking a great deal of things that don't make sense in stronger and stronger language. Think about the person that you know that often speaks a lot of nonsense, and you can think of plenty of words of how to describe them. So this story that we are sharing today seemed like garbage to the people who had followed Jesus Christ for the three years before this moment. Idle tales. So let's be honest with each other, even on this beautiful Easter morning, that this Easter message, this resurrection, this life-conquering death is hard to believe and easier imagined as idle tales than anything else. And if you are here this morning and you feel that way, that this whole Jesus thing is really hard to believe, it is okay. It is okay that this feels like an idle tale because in our gospel, so did the people who had followed Jesus for three years before. It is okay to doubt this message. And so here's what we do. We either try to justify this death and resurrection through all sorts of archaeological or logical arguments. We try to debate and fight every single person who disagrees with this message. We put all sorts of plaques and dedications up, trying to prove something that, if we're honest, is already hard in the first place. We do it more and more and more until it doesn't feel like a story our lives can be wrapped around in, but another project and another proof that we have to take care of before we can move on with our days. And anybody who doesn't agree with that message is an enemy, clearly not someone who might be as honestly confused as we are. Or we just consign this story back into the myths that we told in bygone days on Sundays, somewhat toothless and somewhat banal, but nice to speak and nice to hear. And if I'm honest... I have been both those people multiple times in my life. But what instead of proving or disproving, fighting or ignoring, we just let this story be? What happens if we just allowed for a moment ourselves to live into this story? What happens if we saw ourselves like Peter running hurriedly to the tomb, looking at the linens and wondering what was going on? 
And we let this story, these stories that we hear all the time, breathe on their own. We took it at its word, and we didn't try to fight it one way or the other. That's something here today that we gather around, something miraculous had happened. That the one in infinity moment, life coming out of death, might just had happened. We don't need to prove it. We don't need to analyze it. Just simply that it is. That maybe, perhaps, there is such thing as resurrection, life from death, that I can't entirely understand. I can't entirely prove. I just see that there is a chance that it could be. What would our lives look like if that were the case? Could it be that this story would not feel like some kind of unattainable proof to solve, but instead something that we could live into? Could it not feel like a quaint thought from idle ancient tales from years ago that were written at a time that is totally different from ours, devoid of everything that's going on in our lives, so clearly can't be applicable to today? And instead, a moment of celebration of something that had hardly ever happened before. That the very fundamental aspects of nature could change. Because here's the thing, I think the entire creation itself, all of the things outside of these walls, crave resurrection. The gift of the once dormant trees that are springing into life abundant right now as you drove in to this place today. These flowers here, the life that they show, did not look this way just a few months ago. Instead, they were bulbs hidden in the ground, looking highly dead, going through their winter and early spring motions. But now they bring these bright, explosive blooms. Where else do you see colors this vibrant, this unexpected, except in the beauty of resurrection? Life coming from what seems to be certain death. And friends, where could we spot resurrection in our everyday? What about the forgiveness from a friend after a relationship seemed long dead? Or the return of a loved one who had been wandering too long near death but returns back to life? Even just the daily growth of my children, and I'm sure every other child that walks through these doors on Sunday to see them becoming a little older and a little wiser and a little bit more of who they are, that is life coming up from what would seem otherwise. Every single one of you, as you grow older and you grow wiser and more thoughtful, is resurrection itself. Every gift that you bring to the people around you is resurrection. You are resurrection people. And if that doesn't elicit amen, then we're not hearing it. You are resurrection people. You are resurrection people. 
We'll work on this, Presbyterians. But I am convinced that unless we can take this and hold it in our hearts and believe it just as it is, it will always feel just that little distance away. That this space feels just that little bit away. That our lives as Christians feels just that little bit away. Because how does it reason that the thing that we center around the most, life coming from death, could actually be? Friends, just the simple fact that you woke up this morning from a space that you did not know, unless you had vivid dreams, that I'd love to hear about them, but that you woke up and you are here this morning is testament to resurrection. That you sprung back to life. You are resurrection people. And there might be a chance that these stories, this text, brings forth the very essence of life. That within this ink is the blood of life itself that beats in our veins and helps us understand who we can be and whose we are and what we can do. And so, friends... As we continue through this Easter Sunday, and indeed after this, and we learn about our gifts and we find out who we are, I invite you to let this story just be. I can't convince you of this story. I can't prove this story. And to be honest, this story is so beautiful, beautifully written, I don't think I want to. The story stands on its own as a testament to life beyond death. And so instead of trying to convince one another or let it go, I just invite you to live into it. Bring your gifts, who you are, every single part of you, bring it to bear. Because there, dear brothers and sisters that are gathered here at Old Stone Presbyterian Church, there is where we can witness the resurrection day in and day out. And so thanks be to God that we are resurrection people and we can live into this story for the rest of our lives. Thanks be to God.